0: This series gives you a direct line to the pinnacle traders. We're covering everything from when the odds are initially posted to looking at how the market might react. This is the opening line. We're back again for the opening line as we hit double figures and move into week 10 of the 2019 NFL season. Back again to run through the opening lines is Adam Chernoff. How's it going, Adam? Going pretty good for
1: considering how things played out in week number nine. Got through it relatively unscathed, but
0: uh, looking forward to week 10. Hesitant response there, I think. (laughs) Ah, A little bit. Right so before we get into the games this week I've I just want to note that I've seen on your Twitter that you've been doing some analysis on the success or, or lack of it should I say in terms of team teams performing against line movement in their favor so before we get into the games can you just maybe take like run us through what you've witnessed and, and what that might mean for bettors Sure so I've been in this now for this is
1: my 12th season and whether it be from a betting or a bookmaking perspective, we're looking at nine weeks this season where there's only been one week in terms of looking at sides uh, between open and closed that have taken money and the line has moved in their favor. Only looking at one week of the nine where that's resulted um, in a positive return. So what I mean by that is if we're looking at last week specifically, week number nine, the only two teams that saw the line move in their favor and ended up covering both at the open and the close, were the Oakland Raiders and the Baltimore Ravens. And we live in a world where we're sort of taught to beat the closing line at all costs and get the best of the number. But if you're doing that consistently this season, you're likely well in the red. And in terms of what it means, I I don't know if it means anything yet. It's certainly interesting to talk about because it's not something that we've really come to know and see in the NFL. I mean, we only deal with 267 games, including the playoffs, every season. And with the amount of volume and money in these markets, the closing price over the course of the last decade has been extremely efficient. And when we're looking at a nine-week stretch here where it's been anything but, um, it's a weird case of variance, probably a low sample size for sure, but uh, it's just very different from, from the eye test and from looking at your account balance, doing a lot of great work during the week and not getting rewarded for it.
0: Yeah. Before we get into that sample size and stuff like that, I think what we can say is if people are perhaps having poor results, it might be the right process and you're just kind of on the negative side of luck. And and equally, if things are going so positive, just remember that you could be on the the flip side of that come the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it's definitely not a reason to change anything you're doing. Um, I think it's just an interesting commentary and an interesting discussion. But the fact that it's something that I put out on Twitter and people are responding to it in sort of a positive way for the most part uh, leads me to believe that people are really sort of establishing a process and following it for the first time in a very long time. If this was something that went out a couple of years ago, I think it would have sort of been laughed at um, because it just shows that how far that a lot of sort of the, the general level of better has come. Uh, when that becomes a bit of a focus and it's good that it's something that can be talked about.
0: Well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that, but let's move into the games this week. We've got first up the LA Chargers at the Oakland Raiders and the Raiders have opened up at favourites for this one at minus one and a half on the handicap. The over-under is set at 47 and a half. As we've just started recording, the handicap has dropped a half point to the flat one, but we know to kind of expect some movement when we're floating around the, the pick'em and the three. The traders have it as pretty much an even split with an average points mark as well so do you agree with these opening numbers
1: yeah i think it's a pretty fair price all things considered the chargers coming off one of the more dominant performances against the green bay packers that you're ever going to see from an nfl team i mean everything about that game on sunday was one-sided so that certainly draws some attention now off back-to-back wins a lot of people sort of looking at the chargers as a team that had one of the more talented rosters at the beginning of the season a little bit undervalued now in a case so um, with this being in game played in Oakland, we're looking at now a pick 'em um, signaling that the Chargers probably rated a little bit higher. And, and I think that makes sense. Raiders secondary, extremely vulnerable uh, in many ways. So this is a potentially a matchup where the Chargers can exploit that. But uh, as you mentioned, this line can really go either direction with very little influence needed. Uh, sitting in a pick 'em uh, or even a plus one, it, it can really go either way as we're sitting in sort of a dead zone right now. Uh, I would sort of anticipate this moving towards the Chargers just a little bit, but uh, not too much Not too much room for this line to go either way. Total, if anything, I think we'll see that one probably linger right above the key number of 47 or maybe get to the flat 47.
0: So next we've got the Buffalo Bills at the Cleveland Browns, and it's one that was posted at Cleveland minus 2.5 and a 41.5 point over under. Another one where we've seen half a point come off the handicap to make it just a two-point split. The traders don't see much in this going either way. It's it's another one that looks like a pretty even matchup. Do you think there'll be enough in these numbers to maybe interest the market?
1: Well, the total's locked in right at a key number of 41. Uh, when we're talking about key totals, 37, 41, 44, and 47. So those are going to just naturally cause resistance within the market. And I think we'll see this get to 41 and sort of sit there. If not, it I don't see it moving up. Uh, if anything, it's probably going to move down through the 41 and sit a little bit lower from the side perspective as well, right below three. uh, That's a very, very similar situation there where that's uh, sitting right below the key numbers. So the fact that we've seen a little bit of support for Buffalo uh, likely indicates that that if anything, this is going to potentially shorten just a little bit further.
0: And next game is the Arizona Cardinals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, we're recording this a little bit later than we normally would still a few hours after those games, but we've already seen some early action move this one off minus off the minus 60 that it opened out in favor of Tampa Bay. It's already down to minus four and a half. The over under meanwhile is still on the 54 that it opened out. So the traders think the market has been underestimating the Cardinals here, but clearly not enough as they'd hope because all the early money has been on with them. Um And it's looking like that handicap might drop even further. So, do you think this play on the Cardinals at those early numbers is the right one to make? From an on-field perspective, probably not. Uh, from a numbers perspective,
1: I think so. And usually the latter is going to be a much stronger indicator than the former. Uh, but this is going to be, I think, a bit of a challenge for Arizona to move the ball consistently. Uh, I think their secondary a little bit underrated. But uh, this is an awfully big number for the Buccaneers to cover. Obviously, that six is long gone. The difference between six and four and a half not too enormous crossing through a pretty meaningless five. So, really, the, the bulk of this move was moving off of the six. If this likely probably gets to a flat four, and I think we'll probably see it stop then. Um, not sure the prospects of seeing a three and a half in this game, but just from a ratings perspective on both of these teams, um, certainly much closer to a field goal than it was a touchdown, as the open suggested.
0: And obviously a lot of the attentions on the, the handicap for this one, we have got a big total at 54. Do you think there's any way we'll see that go up or down?
1: That's a pretty high total. Um, rightfully so, given how the sort of the perception of both of these offenses, but I think sort of lingering in a bit of a dead zone with the number, it's likely to come down off of the 54.
0: And then we've got the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints, and we've got a big number on the Saints here at minus eleven and a half, and it's also a fairly big total to match of fifty-one. It seems, if anything, this handicap mark is going to get even bigger on New Orleans, but what are your initial thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think the point spread could creep up towards 13 or 14, given the state of the Atlanta Falcons. Not only are they not going to draw any interest within the market, but they're not going to draw any interest um, from a numbers perspective as well until we at least see this get close to the two-touchdown mark. From the total perspective at 51, uh, we talked about the key totals, 37, 41, 44, 47. The next one above that, not as important, but the next sort of stop point is 51. Um, so we're seeing that here with this game. I think this has the potential to move up off of the 51, just looking at the Atlanta Falcons secondary and how much that team has sort of quit. Um, but let's let's see what happens. But I would say probably if line movement's going to favor the favorite and the over.
0: And I know just, I don't want to kind of delve into it too much before we preview the matchups later in the week, but you weren't, weren't too big on Drew Brees Early in the season, obviously, he's now come back. And do you think people are buying into the numbers because of that, or is this just a a standard market for this game? I think that's certainly some of it. I
1: also think the
0: fact that, for the most part, the Falcons have
1: basically quit on their head coach. And surprising to see Arthur Blank not let Dan Quinn go um, heading into the bye week. I think that was sort of a collective acceptance that that would happen, and it didn't. And so we saw the two games leading into it where it certainly looked like the players were assuming that was going to be the case. And now um, we're entering this week and he's still around. Going to have to wonder how they come out of the bye uh, to face a pretty good New Orleans Saints team that can take advantage of that secondary.
0: And then we've got the Baltimore Ravens at the Cincinnati Bengals and a big win for the Ravens at the weekend. It's, it's earned them a, a minus 10.5 mark on the handicap. Um, the over-under is set at 46.5 and it seems that both, are, both the Ravens and the over... And maybe a shade too big at the moment to get any action. And it's the the under and the Bengals at plus 10 and a half that seems to be interesting in the market. So what's your take on the numbers here?
1: Yeah, we're recording this right now, and the odd screen is lighting up just a little bit for the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the overreaction spot probably of the season to date. Um, if we're looking at the Baltimore Ravens, they obviously have the full bye week to prepare for the Patriots. They put forth really a playoff like effort in the terms of how they game planned for it, how they executed and then how they handled the win after the game from the press conferences to uh, the team, social media to the responses from all of the players. Uh, It really felt like something we see in late January and now they have to travel to face the winless Bengals inside the division. Um, So an interesting spot for sure that I think is going to draw some attention. For the Cincinnati Bengals, this was a game we saw take place earlier in the year, about three or four weeks ago. Uh, and The Bengals ended up covering in a game where the Ravens really didn't move the ball too successfully uh, on the ground, especially late in the game, had some longer extended drives. So that was a, a similar large point spread like this. Um, so really not too big an adjustment from that game to this game based off the ratings. And I would suspect that there's going to be Cincinnati money coming in, and we're likely going to see this under come down in correlation with the big underdog getting some money.
0: So next up, we've got Carolina Panthers at the Green Bay Packers. An interesting one here because we've spoken before about reluctance from the traders to give too many points away on the Panthers, and now this seems to be the third time that it's happened. They opened up at plus six and have already dropped to plus five, so it seems that the market and the traders are probably more aligned on this number. Um, The over-under, meanwhile, is on 48, and that looks pretty set. So we mentioned it earlier on in the season – Uh, the the Panthers proved to be the right play last week again. So do you think it makes sense again here or are these numbers fair now? Yeah, I think this is probably equal parts of opposing Green Bay,
1: laying six points and buying into a Panthers team that's perhaps a little bit underrated. We look at what the Green Bay's biggest weakness is. It's stopping the rush. Uh, But then we look at the perception of what the Panthers can do and it's obviously Christian McCaffrey Uh, with the amount of touches he gets every single week on the ground. So it's a really good matchup for Carolina. But we look at what happened last week. Green Bay went into L.A. to face the Chargers, outgained 442 to 184, 2.7 yards per play, 5.8 yards per pass, and 0.1 yards per rush. And the Chargers ran 19 more plays. So awfully significant numbers there. The Packers are a team, as much as I like their future prospects, um, they're a team that was really exceeding sort of the ceiling in terms of their price point, getting away with a couple of victories for the span of three or four weeks that were probably misleading of the performance they put forth on the field. And so I think this is a spot not only from a matchup, from but from a numbers perspective as well, uh, where we see a really good spot for the Panthers. So if the traders are circling this one, I think it makes a lot of sense.
0: We've spoken a couple of times on the, the pod and anyone that's listened before will know about that that futures bet you got on the Packers. So when does, for you, when does that future prospect begin to to kind of catch up to, to present performance?
1: Well, I, I don't, I rarely make futures wagers um, just because the margin in the markets are so high, not necessarily the case of Pinnacle all the time, but still it's a very difficult market to beat. Um, I usually make them thinking about the equity that the wager could present. And so obviously getting a bit of a bigger price gives you some flexibility Later in the season, uh, and you can sort of work off of that to either eliminate the risk that you had with the future or sort of secure some profit. So, in terms of Green Bay, still a game lead within their division. They have the tiebreak as it stands against Minnesota, which works in their favor. So, still in a pretty good spot. The loss last week came on a week where everyone else within the division lost as well. So, I'm just hoping that the Packers uh, can put themselves in the playoffs and then sort of work against that. But Um, I think for a lot of people, when they bet on a future or win total, they sort of become married to that team every single week and think that because they have um, sort of a financial stake on that team that they have to side with them, and siding against them goes against that position. Um, Not the case, And, and I'm happy to say that the Green Bay Packers are probably one of three or four teams that are at the top of their price range and are really set to probably get a little bit of disrespect in the market. And I think we're seeing that this week in a very bad matchup for them on the field against Carolina.
0: So we'll move on to the Detroit lions at the Chicago bears and the trades have posted the bears at minus three with the over under opening at 44 and then dropping by half a point, pretty much straight away. Um, the numbers obviously suggest here that we've got two very, very evenly matched teams with, with the home field advantage, probably being the key. Um, out of the two teams, it is the lines that are attracting the most interest, but not enough to move it off the three yet. So, what are your thoughts on the openers for this one? Yes. Yeah, so, the total came off right off the key number of 44,
1: now 42 and a half So, that's a pretty significant move in and of itself. I think that's reflective of the Chicago offense or lack of offense. Um, from the side perspective, I thought that initially this looked like it could maybe go up a little bit. Um, there were some places where the Bears were taking support, but that's really taken a full u-turn and we're seeing now the detroit lions come off of that three as two and a half point underdogs with this getting off of the three uh really not a whole lot to stop this from getting down towards a pick so if there's a lot of support for detroit already i don't think that that's going to let up throughout the week as a lot of the media likely to sort of continue to criticize chicago uh, i think a lot of people are going to buy into the lions now seeing this one come off of the three
0: Now it's the Miami Dolphins at the Indianapolis Colts and the Dolphins are actually coming into week 10 off the back of a win in week nine. Um, It was against the Jets, no comment. Um, (laughs) We're still seeing them listed as big underdogs here against the Colts and they're currently getting 11.5 points on the handicap. Um, The over-under has gone up a touch since it opened. It's now 43 after opening at 42.5. So is there any instant reaction on this one from you? Well, they've got Ryan
1: Fitzpatrick, which means that it's relentless deep shots down the field. He's leading the yard, leading the league in intended air yards per throw. So when you have a quarterback like that and you're seeing these enormous point spreads, there's always the chance of scoring quick, explosive plays. So this gets really interesting against Indianapolis. The Colts have won five games this season by a combined 20 points. So. Against the Denver Broncos a couple of weeks ago, Uh, it was a situation where they ended up laying six, which was the first time they laid more than two points for the entire season. And that number proved to be too big. And now we're seeing them against the Miami Dolphins. If you look at these two teams in any of the major comparison tables, whether you go DVOA, player grades, net yards per play, it's really not an enormous difference because the Colts are really bottom third in the nfl in a lot of categories and now they're laying 10 and a half at home with brian hoyer likely to start third string quarterback which i guess is the backup quarterback um, with how andrew luck played out but um it's an awfully big number for this colts team to lay this is not a team that's built to blow out opponents so seeing this big of a number uh considering how they've got here i think this is more a perception versus reality thing that may draw a little bit of support for the colts but um, I think that you have to look the way of Miami here, as difficult as that might be um, at 11.5 if you can find it.
0: So now we've got the LA Rams at the Pittsburgh Steelers and it's it seems to be another one where the market has followed what the traders were anticipating. The expectation was we'd see some action on the Rams and they've already moved out to minus four after opening up at minus three and a half. Um, the over-under has opened up at 45 and it looks like it might tick up as we move through the week. So... Some minor movement already on this. Do you think we'll see much more before Sunday?
1: This one's tough for me. Um, I think the Rams movement makes sense. Uh, I wonder if that has much more room to go up. I think now coming off of the three and dealing with dealing with the four, um, in order for this to push forward and get to like a five and a half, six, I think that's going to take quite a lot. Um, and considering that the Steelers really got some support last week, I'm not sure how much that's sort of going to go away as we look at this market as a whole throughout the week. Rams is, Rams overall have been fairly unimpressive in terms of relation to their price point. So the four is probably a pretty good holding spot, at least for the early part of the week leading up to our podcast on Thursday. Um, from the total perspective, again, the sort of the stop here is is forty-four, the key number with this sitting at 45 depending on how you want to price that. Uh, I think that's fair for now Uh, but I would say that if if this comes down to the forty-fourth, then there's probably um, some value on the over that's going to bring this one back up.
0: Now we've got the Seattle Seahawks at the San Francisco 49ers. We're obviously down to one team with a perfect record and the initial odds suggest that the 49ers streak will continue there. Minus 6.5 with a a 45.5 point over under. We We're probably going to see or we know we're going to see a lot of blind buying into the 49ers. And while the traders have opened the handicap in in anticipation of that, it seems that they also don't want to give too many points away to the Seahawks. So the market seems a little bit high from what we've seen so far. Do you think we'll see money coming on the 49ers as expected?
1: It's it's tough because Seattle's doing their absolute best to sort of win over a lot of the betting market. Um, This is a case of recreational versus influential money, but it's weird because usually we'll see a pretty clear divide in those two groups of players. But with this, I think that the recreational money is really going to be split between both of the two teams. Um, So I really see this as being a very divided market at both levels. Uh, I can certainly see a case for people buying into the 49ers at minus six. And I can see a lot of people making a case for buying into the Seattle Seahawks at plus seven. Um, it's a really interesting handicap and one that I think is quite divided. So I think that the six is likely to come down just on the basis that this is a division game and how efficient the Seattle passing offense has been Um, So I think we'll initially see some Seattle money early, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some 49ers money come back the other way. I think the traders did a good job putting this at six. I think that's a pretty fair number overall. Uh, The total, I would expect it to move up early in the week. Uh, We're probably going to see some over money um, through Tuesday and Wednesday, but I wouldn't be surprised to see some under money come back in considering how much these two teams like to run the football and how this could be a pretty low variance game overall. So uh, I think it's an initial move to the over that might come
0: back with the under. And I mean, that's the final game we've got on the board. And what seems to be the case is that we've we've got some games that haven't been posted yet. So now's your chance to, to play bookmaker once again, share any thoughts on the lines that we're yet to see. And maybe if there's something jumping out to you that hasn't been posted yet that you could talk to us about.
1: So the, obviously the marquee game of the week is the Giants. Facing the Jets in MetLife Stadium, to win two teams that have combined for three wins so far, with uh, some Monday Night Football pending for the Giants, um, I would set the Giants as a short favorite. I think if they put forth a positive effort at home versus the Cowboys on Monday Night Football, we could probably see this points spread get as high as three. I wouldn't put that out of the question. Uh, there's been support for the Giants a couple weeks in a row. Uh, if they put together a good performance on on national television it's really going to set up against the jets who are on life support for lack of a better term. So I think we can see that one for sure. We'll see this open up to two and a half, regardless of results on Monday night football. But I think that this could well push its way to three. And I think that that total is likely going to take some over money, regardless of where it opens. We'll see which side of the key number 44 bookmakers decide to open. But if I was going to put a total, I go red right at 44 on that one. And then Minnesota Dallas, I guess the other game not on the board right now, just because Dallas is playing a Monday Night Football. I think that this one shapes up to be Dallas right around a field goal, maybe slightly less. Minnesota, had they won that game against Kansas City, probably we would have seen this a little bit below three. Uh, But I think depending on what happens on Monday Night Football, if we see a neutral result, this is probably Cowboys two and a half or three at home. Uh, And that would really put these two teams equal, which I don't think is an unfair thing to do. And for the total on that one, I I would go with the high range of the key numbers right around 47.
0: I think we can forget the numbers for the Jets and the Giants game for a second. What everyone wants to know is where where are you going to be sitting, Adam? Are Are you front rowing or uh
1: gonna be lower bowl. Uh, i was gonna go front row. that was sort of the debate for the first nfl game but uh, i think my um getting a little bit old for that so we're gonna be sitting um sort of midway up the lower bowl and try to get a better view of the field but uh, should be fun to see a nfl game for the first time
0: that's our lot for the episode um we've obviously got the the preview pod coming later in the week and we'll then take a deep dive into all the matchups but until then Thanks again for your time, Adam. Thanks, man. And thanks to everyone for listening. If you're interested in taking any of those early numbers, then visit Pinnacle.com. As always, please gamble responsibly.